calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. You're listening to Dragon Ore, book three of the Dawning of Power trilogy, written and read by Brian Rathbone. For more information, maps, and additional downloads, visit brianrathbone.com. Thank you for listening. Chapter 12. In the deepest shadows, fire both terrible and magnificent can spring to life. Cassius Maud, coal miner. Encumbered by the basket of fish he carried, Prios climbed the loose rocks with great care. Belegra had ordered everything he caught saved, but Prios filled his stomach while away from Archmaster Belegra's watchful eyes. These days, they seemed to see only what they wanted to see, and Prios was determined to take every advantage. Katrin was near. He could feel her presence. Despite Belegra's madness, he could not risk reaching out to her. The last time he had, Belegra had fallen on him, demanding to know what he'd been doing, full of suspicion and rage. Prios had endured the beating and stuck to his original tale. He'd been searching for their foes, keeping watch for danger. Belegra had not believed him, but other matters distracted him, and Prios lived in fear of the moment Belegra remembered his treachery. Staring up at the heights, he prepared himself to play the role of faithful slave, though it sickened him more each time. Soon he would be free, all this but a memory. Reaching the ancient stone stair, which provided sure footing, Prios barely looked where he was going. Waiting inside the gaping cavern, Belegra paced, impatience clear in his posture. Is that all you've brought back? That is barely enough for half a day. When Vedragon returns, I'll have you flogged for your failure. Prios did not bother to tell him that Mark Vedragon was dead, along with all the other soldiers and the rest of the cadre. Those who had not been killed by the Golgi or disease were taken by the sea. Prios had tried to tell Belegra the truth, but he refused to hear. Instead, Belegra always claimed he would have Prios beaten or tortured when the soldiers returned. Taking the basket of fish to the hole in the cavern wall, Prios prepared to feed Kyrian. 
He's too weak to come to you. Get in there and feed him, Belegris said, his eyes wild with fervor. He licked his lips. Priors could not help feeling that Belegra wanted Kyrian to eat him instead of the fish. Leaving the basket right under the hole, he straddled it and pulled himself into the foul-smelling chamber. The hole was barely large enough to admit the basket, but he yanked it through. Kyrian cowered in the back of the chamber, his green-flecked gold eyes fixed on Prios, following his every movement. Dumping the basket not far from Kyrian's head, Prios backed away. Kyrian sniffed the fish and snorted, then smacked Prios with his tail. Clean up while you're in there, Belegris said. Prios did as he was told, despite every instinct telling him to flee the crowded cell. Kyrian hated him, and Prios feared the beast would rip him to shreds if he ever overcame his fear of Belegra. For now, Kyrian simply cowered in the back of his cell, and when the sun was high, he wailed. Filled with horror, Katrin awoke, still leaning against the mass of granite. When she tried to rise, her body was sluggish. Slowly, she felt the blood returning to her limbs, and she stood. Echoing through the veil was a haunting call, like the cries of a wounded animal. It was filled with despair and, at times, an odd glimmer of hope. Hearing it made Katrin want to cry. In a sudden rush, memories of the previous day overwhelmed her, and she looked down at her leg. Her leggings were tattered and missing the section she had cut away. Beneath were scabbed gashes where her open wounds had been. The flesh around them was pink and smooth, but she could move without a great deal of pain, and she wondered if her memories could be real. Had she truly healed herself? Closing her eyes, she located her center, then the wall that stood between her conscious and subconscious minds. No matter how hard she tried, she could not make the wall whole again. Always one stone was missing, and the mortar that filled the hole was riddled with cracks and fissures that allowed the brilliant light to pour through. With a deep breath, she made herself open her eyes. She was still alive, and she chose to treat every new moment as a gift. She should be dead. She knew it and now she needed to make the best of what she had. The keening wails continued, and Katrin firmed her resolve. She would find the poor creature and end its misery. Even as the thought entered her mind, Katrin sensed a shift in the energy around her, and the veil was transformed. No more were the grasses littered with boulders. In their places stood dragons, tall and proud, they surrounded her. In awestruck fascination, Katrin watched the only remaining boulder, the one she had slept against, unfold itself. Granite-colored skin shifted and moved and began to take on a greenish hue, as if reflecting the grasses around it. 
a massive head on a serpentine neck moved in front of Katrin's face and oscillated back and forth in a hypnotic motion. Free him. Overwhelming compulsion came with the raw emotion of the message. It was not like the way Belegra controlled his cadre. It was more like a melding of intentions. The strength of the desire blended with Katrin's own desire, and her will to accomplish the task became one with the dragon she faced. Rising itself up to its full height, standing on its two powerful legs, the majestic dragon spread its wings and moved its head back down to Katrin. With a touch more gentle than she would have imagined possible, it pushed her with its rock-hard maul. Go! The command was palpable, but Katrin refused to leave just yet. She remembered the sensations she had felt the night before and the messages she had perceived. Looking the dragon in the eye, Katrin drew herself up with all the courage she could muster. Thank you, she said. All of you. The dragons all raised a keening wail to match that of the one she heard from above, and Katrin left them behind, determined to succeed. Following the sound proved difficult in a place where the echoes had a life of their own, but she moved with purpose, using her staff to provide stability in rough places. As she drew nearer, Sound overwhelmed her other senses, and for a time she moved without seeing, only the call guiding her. Looking up, she saw the side of a mountain covered with winding stairs and crumbling roadways. At seemingly random intervals, grand entranceways dotted the rock face. The whales came from one such entranceway, high above where she stood. Squinting, she followed the stair with her eyes, from the high entranceways down to the winding terrace where all the stairways originated. She traced it. When she reached what she thought was the correct stair, it showed no evidence of recent use, and Katrin climbed with little confidence, not knowing if she were taking the right path. Despite places where the stair was nearly perfectly preserved, there were places it barely existed. In one such place, Katrin came to a gap. Below was a sheer drop to the Vale floor. Driven beyond reason by her desire to end this quest, she leaped across the divide. She soared through the air, her arms windmilled. The heel of her staff struck rock before she landed. The impact sent her spinning, and she nearly lost her grip on the staff. Off balance, she struck the rock hard, driving the wind from her lungs. Her legs still hanging over the ledge, gravity began to pull at her, and she scrambled to find a handhold. With her left hand, she found a small crack and dug her fingers in, crying out from the pain. With her other hand, she drove the tip of her staff into a nearby crack. Using all her strength, she pulled herself up. When she finally gained the relative safety of the stair, she allowed herself a moment of rest before resuming her climb. Higher up, in a place where two sets of stairs came close together, 
Katrin saw parts of the other stair that were new and hastily constructed. That was the stair Belegra and his men used. Trying to decide between stealth and a clear path, Katrin finally decided on a safe climb. She would have to face Belegra one way or another, but she doubted surprise would give her any substantial advantage. Climbing between the two stairs was dangerous, but she hoped the rest of the climb would be easier. Movement and shouting from above gave her a start, and she flattened herself against the rock, hoping not to be seen. Whoever it was went back inside, and Katrin completed the climb to the newly repaired stair. Following it up, she was constantly alert for signs of movement, and she thought she saw something moving through the trees below. Perhaps she thought it was Belegra's men. Knowing she might only have a short time before the soldiers returned, she climbed with haste, throwing caution aside. When she reached the top of the stair, the wails were like a physical assault. But as soon as she stepped toward the entrance... It stopped. With the light behind her and relative darkness within, Katrin stood momentarily blinded. So the Herald Witch has come to witness my triumph, Archmaster Belegra said, his voice grating and raw. Stepping into the chamber, Katrin barely noticed the exquisite carvings that adorned the entranceway or the ancient sculptures that lined the walls. It was the object in Archmaster Belegra's hands that drew her attention. A chunk of dragon ore the size of a melon that sparkled even in the dimness of the mountain hall. A foul smell filled the air, and Katrin turned to a place where a doorway had been recently walled in and reinforced. Only a small hole let her see what was within, Pinkish and sickly, the dragon looked very unlike those she had seen in the Vale, but there was little doubt as to his true nature. As soon as she looked at him, she knew his name. Kyrian. It came to her like a song filled with joy and life, despite what her eyes told her. His eyes locked with hers, and in that moment she knew what she had to do. With a deep breath, she drew power from the air and from her staff. Quietly and humbly, another reason for her presence emerged from the shadows. His head down and his face concealed within the hood of his robe, Prios came. She knew him the instant he moved, and she turned back to face the one foe she had in the room. You will enslave and corrupt no more, Belegra. Stand down now, or I will attack. Hysterical laughter threw him into a brief fit of coughing, but he regained his composure and faced Katrin with sudden clarity in his eyes, which narrowed as they beheld her. Disturbances in his energy field were so intense that it looked to Katrin as if his energy would collapse in on itself. Burn! he said in a low and unfamiliar voice, as if he were a completely different person. His hands, gripping the dragon oar, sent ropes of fire and lightning sailing through the air toward Katrin. But she was not unprepared and created a shielding sphere around herself. 
His attack struck her barrier with a violent impact that sent her reeling, nearly pushing her over the nearby ledge. Maintaining the protective sphere sapped her strength, and Katrin knew she needed to launch an attack of her own. Momentarily dropping her defenses, she hurled blue lightning at Archmaster Belegra, sending it with all the rage she possessed. Howling, she lashed out again and again, but he brushed her attacks aside as if they were little more than annoyances. His laughter started as a deep rumble in his chest, but then he began to cackle, and in another moment of transformation, he spun and attacked. Balls of fire raced before bolts of fetid lightning, and a wave of nausea poured over Katrin as they approached. She hastily cast her defenses about her, but the onslaught threw her aside and pinned her to the chamber wall. Helplessly, she watched as Prios joined the attack, his movements synchronized with Belegris. Inexorably, her sphere began to shrink under the pressure, and she could feel the heat on her face. Hot air burned her lungs as she sucked in desperate breaths, and still the attacks continued. Dizziness began to overtake her, and the world grew dark despite the flames that surrounded her. The wailing drew Chase on, but he found himself in a rocky vale. When he saw grass stained with blood and a piece of leather from Katrin's leggings, he was as frightened as he was relieved. There was too much blood, and he wondered how she could have walked away. Turning to the mountains where the whales originated, Chase saw the stairways. He covered his eyes as he thought he saw a form moving up the rock face. Moments later, the wailing stopped, and Chase knew it must be Katrin. Taking off at a run, he climbed with abandon. Seeing flashes of light and hearing thunderous booms from above, he could only pray he got there in time. Relent! The command came just as the pain had reached its height, and Katrin was tempted to obey, tempted to just give up. It would be so much easier to let someone else be in control. She was so very tired. In the corner of her sight stood Prios, deep in the throes of compulsion, coerced to do that which was not his will. Kyrian, trapped in a tomb of stone, did not deserve such a horrid fate. She could not relent. They should suffer no more. The pain began to fade, and her sphere slowly grew. Belegra looked spent, drenched with sweat and breathing hard, a wild look in his eyes. Prios looked worse, and Katrin knew Belegra would run him dry without another thought. Watching as a nimbus of power began to form around Belegra, who seemed to have found his strength, Katrin prepared a hasty attack. Prios lay unmoving on the floor. 
The nimbus grew brighter and more intense as Belegra drew an enormous amount of energy. The stone around his feet grew red-hot, and he stepped back. Katrin launched her attack not on Belegra, but the rock around him. The nimbus grew brighter and more intense as Belegra drew an enormous amount of energy. The stone around his feet grew red-hot, and he stepped back. Katrin launched her attack not on Belegra, but on the rock around him. Meanwhile, he cast a massive wave of raw energy at her, flames leaping out and forming the tortured faces of those she had lost, and they howled at her as they came. At the last moment, she cast up a sphere to protect herself, but it was insufficient, and she was thrown tumbling to the back of the hall. Belegra howled in glee as Katrin fell before his attack, but he also took two steps away from the superheated stone. As he raised his arms for the killing blow, his aura glowing like the sun, Kyrian struck like a massive viper. His head and neck shattered the wood and plaster that filled the doorway to his prison. Before the wood and stone hit the floor, he snapped up Belegra in his jaws and bit down, hard. It was over in an instant, and Katrin could hardly believe what she had just seen. Consumed from within by blue flames, Belegra began to burn. With only his head and neck freed, Kyrian gave Belegra's body one last shake, then cast it aside. An instant later, Chase ran into the cavern. Seeing Katrin on the ground, smoking, he charged in, looking for someone to fight. His eyes landed on Prios, who was trying to stand, and Chase descended on him, howling. Even Katrin's screams could not pierce his blinding rage. Only Kyrian's fierce visage kept him from killing Prios. Kyrian moved his head between Chase and Prios and locked eyes with Chase. The sword dropped from Chase's hand, and he turned away from the dragon. Then he ran to Katrin. She was trying to stand as he approached, and he helped her to her feet. Anything broken? Are you hurt? I'm bruised and burned and scraped, but I think I'll make it. Prios? He moved from behind Kyrian slowly. His face was still concealed, and he approached with his head down. Who is this? Chase asked. Prios was one of Belegra's cadre. He was enslaved and compelled to attack me. But now he is free. Katrin said, and the hooded face snapped up at her words. Reaching up, Katrin pulled the hood back and looked on the face of Prios for the first time. He was only slightly younger than she, and to her he looked beautiful. I am free? His voice said in her mind. You are free. Why doesn't he say anything? Chase asked. Suspicious. He speaks in my mind, Katrin said. He has helped me in the past, despite the risks, and I trust him. He comes with us. What about the, uh, dragon? 
We need to find a way to get him out of there. The walls are really thick, Cat. It would take days to chip him out, even if we had the right tools. Which we don't. We're getting him out, she said. But then she remembered the others. Where are Strom and Osborne and Brother Vaughn? I sent them back to the ship after the Golgi attacked. Osborne hurt his knee, and Brother Vaughn broke a few ribs, I think. Strom went with them so they would not be helpless in a fight. I came looking for you. I knew you would, Katrin said with tears in her eyes as she hugged him. Thank you. You've always protected me. Who knows what kind of trouble you'd get yourself into if I wasn't around. I'm just saving myself the hassle. So how are we going to get this dragon out? There is water nearby, and I have a bucket, and this might be of use to you. Prios's voice again echoed in Katrin's mind. Prios approached, holding Belegris dragon ore, and he handed it to Katrin. Even before it touched her skin, she could feel its power far greater than anything she'd ever experienced before, as if the greater size allowed it to contain exponentially more energy. Even after the massive amount Belegra had drawn from the stone, it still held an enormous charge. Yet there seemed to be flaws. Something was simply not as it should be, and she was hesitant to use the stone. Desperate for a way to free Kyrian, her mind reeled with possibilities, but then she remembered what Prios had said. There is water nearby. Fill everything you can with water and bring it back here, Katrin said. What? Chase asked. What good is water going to do? We need tools, Cat. The water will be all we need. Please, help Prios. Katrin said as Prios was already moving to obey her command. In that moment, she made a vow to talk to Prios, to help him understand that he had to do what she asked only if he believed it was the right thing to do. He was free. Chase looked smug when he and Prios returned, each with a large container of water. Are we going to scrub the stone away? Stand back, and be ready to throw the water at the rock on my command, Katrin said. Chase still looked unconvinced. Using the same technique she had used against Belegra, she heated the rock until it glowed like a hot ember. Chase and Prios moved in unison, and a wall of water rushed toward the rock. It struck with a hiss and a series of loud cracks, and several chunks of rock fell away. We need more water, Katrin said, and Chase did not hesitate. Kyrian huddled at the back of his cell, but Katrin sensed he knew what she was doing, and he occasionally bugled in what sounded like an expectant call. Chase and Prios returned just as the rock began to glow almost white. Again, Katrin said. More chunks erupted this time as the structural integrity of the wall began to break down. With each successive time they threw water on the glowing rocks, more of the wall fell. But the process took time. Kyrian lost patience 
and roared as he charged from the back of his prison and threw himself against the wall with percussive force. Brittle stone fell before his desperate need, and the chamber walls exploded. Catrin, Chase, and Prios fled before the dragon as he charged from the entranceway, seeing the sunlit sky for the first time in his life. Before Catrin could even say goodbye, he gave a triumphant roar, leaped over the edge, and disappeared from view. Running to the ledge, Catrin looked down to see Kyrian falling like a stone. He struggled to fully extend his wings, and even when he did, he still fell at tremendous speed. Suddenly, the air below was filled with activity. Other dragons, most larger than Kyrian, flocked around him, one of the largest, who Catrin thought she recognized as the one she had slept against positioned himself directly beneath Kyrian, straining his wings to hold his own weight and that of Kyrian. Perilously close to the treetops below, the dragons halted their fall and began to gain altitude. Crying out to his brethren, Kyrian wobbled in the air as they left him to soar the winds on his own. Twice other dragons kept him from crashing to the ground, but he seemed to be gaining confidence as he got the feel for flight. Flexing his wings, he soared high into the sky. He gave one last cry before disappearing into the clouds. That concludes this episode of Dragon Ore. Thank you for listening. For news and the latest releases, visit patioracket.com.